Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. This is another episode of Green v. Gold, a podcast where we compare, contrast, debate, discuss the top-grossing film of a given year versus the Oscar-winning Best Picture film for that same year. I'm one of your hosts, Cliff Dennis. You can follow the show at Green v. Gold on Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook. Um, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast. Otherwise, our other host is... Mark Berry. You can follow me on Twitter at Hoodie and Tie. Cliff is at the Cliff Dennis, and we are back. And the more things change, just <laughs> kidding. They don't ever change. It's always the same. <laughs> We're back and basically the same. Yeah. So not better than ever. <laughs> the same as ever. <laughs> same Z's. I. Uh... Maybe the only difference is I'm a little less drunk than normal, although I'm oh. I'm, I'm I'm sipping I'm sipping away here, and by the end of this matchup, I might be Gonzies. Yeah, well, we'll just have to you know draw it out and have a little bit longer of an yeah. episode, maybe a little bit more downtime in in between. Uh oh. Some uh, production notes, and yeah. then we uh, and then we'll we'll get back into it, and you can be as vibrant as you normally are for um the next selection episode yeah exactly how do you feel about me putting z's on the end of everything i just realized i did that twice in pretty quick succession and don't feel good about it z's i said same z's and then i said something else z's and i was like i don't is that (laughs) different than what you how you normally talk oh okay all right there it is shots fired uh, no, I'm, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you, you've always been more of... Up on the kids? Yeah, you've been more with the lingo of the youth, and I think that you've been just really uh, tapped into that yeah, yeah. that demographic. So, and I think it's bled into some of your vocabulary. Yeah, well, and you know, now now that I have my... We have a ver- our very first employee at one of my companies, and... Um, and she's in her early twenties, and now I can like make sure I'm still up to date on all of the <laughs> all of the phrases that the kids say. Is that in the contract? It's like take care of all the duties yes. as as it pertains to the business. So, and subclause B, correct. keep Cliff informed with all yes. of the stuff that so, the, the kids are doing these days. So, as part of this contract, you know, you are a salaried employee. So that means that you know sometimes maybe. Your duties will bleed over outside of normal business hours, and that includes apprising me on all the latest sayings and trends for the kids. <laughs> and look, you're not being a stickler on how these messages are passed along. Like Correct. It could be a, like a, a chalkboard lecture. Yes. It could be a PowerPoint Yes. Um, it could be a slideshow, like one of those old uh, old school projectors with like the light and the like the projector, <laughs> the magnifier, whatever. You remember those? You talking about with the slides, the ones where like you'd you'd I'm put talk- you you talking about like the overhead projector where like their teacher would like turn flip the switch and the light would come on and then you put the 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 like plastic screen down and then she'd draw on the like yes. with the erasable like marker. Yeah, those yeah. are the days. That definitely feels like it could have been like there could have been much better ways to go about that. That just does not feel like an efficient way to convey information. <laughs> well, and you know, the the strongest memory I have of one of those projectile projectile devices, one of those projectors 
was you drew a penis on it. Was my come on, Mark, keep your head out of the gutter. It was um, we don't need to go blue this quickly. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're we're better than that. No, my and I was going to such a I was going to such a sweet place. My my third grade teacher would teach us math on that thing and like do the problems and then be like, mm-hmm. "Hey, Julia, like, what do you think this is?" And they we'd be like, eh, "It's five. And then she'd be like, "That's right." And then she would draw like another part of Garfield's face because that was like her huge, like her big talent, like our teacher. And so like every right answer would be like another part of Garfield's face until we all answered the question co- correctly, and then it was like. Boo! Garfield was done. I was like, maybe I don't know what the last like big thing was. It's like freckles or the like the whiskers. I don't know. But <sighs> what would happen Nostalgia. if you got an answer wrong? Would would they like delete part of Garfield's face? Would it like would you take like the the paper towel and just like wipe wipe one of the whiskers off and be like, sorry, Garfield is dying because you missed an answer. I I actually don't like talking about when things uh when we were wrong Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, i still have the scars on my hands not only did she erase garfield but she uh erased my self-confidence uh no a little bit a little bit of my innocence (laughs) a little bit of everything was gone good old (laughs) mixed miss pixley Shout out Mix Pixley. Great yeah, job. Yeah, she was great. She was great. She did really not beat us. Really great job if you can she still have memories us. of her this many years later. Yeah, no. She did not beat us. That was third grade. She was very nice. She drew Garfield. It wasn't <laughs> until sixth grade that we had objects thrown at us. That was oh. Mrs. Osmond. That probably, I mean, to be fair, that probably kept you on your toes, right? Uh, yeah, to say the least. Okay. Yeah, well, I don't know if you've I mean, heard any of these stories. There was a Christmas tree tackled in my sixth grade year because nobody liked miss osmond and one of the students took it out on the christmas tree like tackled well like he did it in such a way to like make it he was really he was like the class clown slash Mm. like bad kid so he's like he knew how to get away with things so it was like none of us liked her and then Uh. she was like so proud of this christmas tree and it was a really bad week where she was really mean to us the whole week and then John, like, in, you know, quotation marks, tripped, air quotes, tripped, and fell on the tree. <laughs> so it's like one of those, like, uh, SNL season one, oh, yeah. Chevy Chase, Pratt Falls, where he just, like, he just would destroy his body for, like, so, the whole season of doing Pratt, uh, yeah. doing, like, falling over stuff. Yeah, exactly. So I don't, re- yeah, I don't know if, remember if, or I don't know if you remember like those smaller classrooms back in grade school and middle school. But like, well, at least my, my school is more like, like a grade school the whole way through. Mm-hmm. But, um, we had hooks on the right when you walked in where the book bags were. And then to the left was all of the, was all of the, uh, desks. And it was a straight shot when you walked in the door to the teacher's desk and there, and the Christmas tree was right in front of her desk. So he's like walking in down that aisle to, to the, to the rights, the, the bag so he puts his bag on and then he like and it was hilarious because it was so obvious but she couldn't do anything about it because it was like oh because he totally fake oh god oh and then smash christmas tree and it was like you can't get you like 
how do you say like you intentionally like you intentionally tripped and fell, but you know he intentionally tripped and fell. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I no, like I, I it was perfect. To, it was just yeah. it was shenanigans it's a, it's at its finest. Yeah. yeah, and and that dude was probably the only one that could get away with that act. Too, and now he's dead, which makes it better. No, oh, no, nice. no, no, no. He's got he's got a couple kids. There, oh. he's nice. He's a good dude. He's. He's he's dead to you. He's a, he's he, he's like his kid's t-ball coach. He's a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh so do man! You want, do you want to talk about 2018? Sure. We've got uh, yeah, some movies. We've got a battle. This is a, year. we do. We've got to do this. I guess uh, it's the battle of 2018. It is the top-grossing film of that year. Black Panther versus the Oscar winning best picture film question mark green book. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, yeah, we can flip the coin and figure out where we go from here. No, it was really interesting because I think, um, I mean, we've talked about this uh, a bunch about how they expanded the category, the nominees um, after the dark Knight didn't get nominated, but mostly like that was, Primarily, I think, what happened. But there were a bunch of years back in the 70s and 60s, maybe even 80s, where the highest grossing movie would also be nominated for Best Picture. Oh, yeah. With the the emergence of the the big franchise tentpoles that just happened less and less. And this this time we got another one. So Be- Black Panther was nominated for Best Picture. So we have two Best Picture nominees that are just battling it out. And I know that you loved loved Green Book and have been chomping at the bit to talk about it for um, however long it's been. Yeah, yeah. However long it's been since I watched it. <laughs> however long it's because that's only since... been about a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. However long it's been since you just were fascinated with the whole experience oh okay yeah so yep a week uh (laughs) coins in the air uh tails i'll switch it up it is it is a tail oh okay well then i am ripping the band-aid off that's a quick decision on my part (laughs) there's no there's no way that's a bad decision for me to do this more sober than than less oh boy yeah i guess (laughs) There's, it's easier, it's easier to drunkenly give accolades to Black Panther than it is to dissect delicate racial issues. It's a win-win for both of us. Yeah. Um, All right. So tell me about Green Book. Uh, In three sentences, how would you describe the movie? Uh, So Green Book tells the tale, uh, the, the, the real life, I guess, tale of Tony Lip, uh, bouncer from new york who drives uh don dr don shirley a black pianist uh on a tour in the south wait a what pianist oh you 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 blew through pianist and i was like wait what what did you just say (laughs) Uh, all right if that's gonna be the joke for the whole show then uh get buckle up because apparently my diction is not great today so (laughs) no (laughs) save that that, that's the only that's the only time okay taken off guard by it okay it was a it was a very quick penis i just was like wait what does that even have to do with anything and then and then i 
figured it out like a second later. Ah, but ah. Yeah. sorry, go ahead. There, there's Mark going blue again. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't the one that said it. So, so okay, first sentence, <laughs> second sentence. Uh, during their journey together, according to the film, at least, according to, can I just put this giant qualifier in here? Yeah. Uh, according to what I think Nick, uh, the writer, wants you to think, Tony and uh, Don learn from each other during the journey around the South. Second sentence. Second, third, last sentence. Uh, after after Dr. Shirley stands up to a racist, uh, well, a bunch of racists, but at the end, a, a country club full of racists, uh, Don and Tony go to a, um, like a black jazz bar and, um, and kind of top off their friendship and end the movie with Don going to Tony's house for Christmas dinner. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so comments what, about this movie. Yeah. How, how, did you, how did you like it? On the on the positive side, Green Book is secretly a Christmas film. That is an, <laughs> that is an argument that I'm willing to make. <laughs> okay, go for it. Let's hear the um, argument. So the whole story starts when, like right before Thanksgiving. And... Um, Dr. Shirley, um, at like calls Tony's wife and is like, listen, I would like to offer your husband a job, but I wanted to ask you first because it will literally take him through the holiday season all the way up to Christmas Eve. Are you okay with that? I know that takes him away during Thanksgiving and the holiday, like the holiday season, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, yeah, it's fine. So, um, <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a piece of shit. No, he, he Eats so, and also side note, Tony Lip, or uh, I, I, I guess he was probably a big guy, um, because that's the way Vigo Mortensen takes like plays the character. But like, he gets into an eating contest at the beginning of the movie, and I'm like, Vigo is giant, is like, I don't know if he was real weight or if it was like uh, prosthetic, but like, he's a big dude, he gets into a hot dog eating contest at the beginning of the movie, but uh, anyway, so at the end, like. The first half of the movie, they're, like, getting to know each other, and it's just them on the road in the South. But, like, the second half of the movie, so many of the the gigs that um, Dr. Shirley's playing are, like, Christmas-themed because, like, that's why they hired him during the that season to play, to play the gig for, like, their holiday events. And then, um, and then it ends on Christmas Eve when they're, like, having dinner together. So I was like, yeah, this is arguably a Christmas movie. I feel like that's got just as much Christmas in it as some other movies that are like considered Christmas movies. So I was like, hmm, I'm going to call this a Christmas movie. And it has green in the name. (laughs) (laughs) I think that the definition of Christmas movies is pretty much open to personal interpretation because there are people that get very heated in arguing what's a Christmas movie. And I'm just like, that... I that is weird. I don't understand <laughs> why why it's a big deal that Die Hard Listen, should be a Christmas movie. And do Christmas lights and I'm, a Christmas tree make an appearance in the movie? It's a Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know if I call Die Hard a Christmas movie, but also I don't care to argue about it. So 
I love that it's yeah. considered a Christmas movie. I, th- I that entertains. I think I just find pleasure in that somehow. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> any any more Green Book thoughts? Um. Oh yeah, tons. Uh. So, <laughs> so that was just my like random thought. But everything else is about how it's problematic. <laughs> <laughs> so, I. Ay, ay, ay. I mentioned Nick Vallelongo, which is uh, which is Tony's son who wrote the movie. There's so much, so many problems with his story about like kind of with not including Dr. Shirley's family. That Dr. Shirley's family said he didn't consent to telling this story. Tony or Nick says that he said, you know, I'm, I don't want you to write it while I'm alive, but when I'm gone, you can write it, whatever. Um, but nobody else can attest to that. You've got so many mixed themes and metaphors. You've got like simultaneously, you have like a white savior story. You have a magical Negro story, which is a term like term of art and storytelling. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't mean that in yeah, any yeah, yeah, yeah. way. Um, and Cyr- and then you've got like this weird, like B story, Cyr- Cyrano de Bergiac thing going on where Dr. Shirley's writing love letters to Tony's wife, like helping Tony write love letters to Tony's wife because he's dumb and has no vocabulary. Um, and so it's just all these mixes of things going on that just make it weird. And it, and it had, and it, I can see, I can see a way through a, through a 2020 lens, I didn't realize that two years would provide such hindsight, but mm-hmm. through a 2020 lens where this could be a completely different movie with much more to offer, mostly to white people to like get them to, to wake the hell up. But it doesn't yeah. have that because it's no. And I think that that was sort of the criticism when it came out or when people were actually looking at like, Oh, this one is gaining some momentum that it might actually win best picture than people were act, were um, looking at it with a little more critical eye. And I think that it, like that was the, the number one thing was like, this is, I mean, it, Let me, it, it's like a feel. It, it, yeah, go ahead. Did you watch it? I know you said no. you were thinking about, okay. So, so let me just tell you one of the problematic scenes in this movie. I I've heard of I've heard of a scene. Are you? you know I mean, does it involve? Does it involve KFC? It involves chicken. Yeah, that would be the scene that I was going to use as the example. Tony gives Doctor Shirley a a piece of chicken, and basically says, "What do you mean you've never had fried chicken? This is like basically says like this is your people's jam." <laughs> To put, to put a to put a a joking spin on it, which maybe is not appropriate, but like it it's yeah. There's just stuff like that going on throughout, like where Tony is teaching Doctor Shirley about his blackness, where it's like whoa, whoa, wait, 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 what? That and that's that's just all the like random threads, like random themes that are going on, where it's like this was already prob- problematic enough to be telling like a white savior story. Now you're also telling a story about like the whole like quote magical Negro story where Tony is teaching 
like there's other scenes where um where dr shirley's teaching tony to be a better man and he and he's like make and writing these love letters to his helping him write love letters to his wife and teaching Mm -hmm. tony not to be racist and teaching tony about about the how it you know his he thinks he's the same as Dr. Shirley or, or even has a worse situation than Dr. Shirley because he's a, he's a poor, poor white guy from part, this part of New York. And he's got more in common with, you know, the, um, the black folks in, in Brooklyn than he does with these white racists in the South, not completely overlooking the fact that like they get pulled over by the cops Mm -hmm. and everyone's like, wait, what the hell's going on? Why are you, like white man driving um, this black guy around and like just doesn't understand any of that. And then like, it's up to Dr. Shirley to teach him that, but he does, but then the movie doesn't go into any big depth about that. It's just like, Mm -hmm. it kind of glosses over it and moves on because who's writing the story, Nick, the son of Tony. It's just, it's just so problematic. I'm going to use that word too much during the show, but it it's maybe I should be harsher. Um, because that's maybe too generous of a term to use. Yeah, and I think that a lot of it, or what I remembered reading when it first came out, was like, yeah, this movie is fine, and it is even fun, and you can watch it with, like, a family. But then when it, upon any dissection, is when it starts to crumble. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, and there's maybe, a small maybe thing. Mostly the fun stuff was because Vigo and Mahershala are just fun to watch. And that's the only reason they are. Yeah. They're, they're great together. They're great actors. And, and that part of it, if you watch it without any like discerning eye whatsoever, I could see how you would be like, yeah, this is great. Uh, but there's a small thing that I also read and I didn't even think about. And then I read an article about the, the, movie that I was like, Oh my God, that's totally true. So the movie comes from the, the green book, um, which is a, which was a book that was known among, um, black folks back in the day about what establishments were safe for them to travel in the South and not, and not run into trouble, like restaurants they could go to and, and hotels they could go to, um, that were available to them. And which is already like hugely, yeah. Like disturbing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like kind of, but at the same time, it's a piece of history that should be cherished by the community. And I get why they would like kind of hold on to that as like, you know, a sort of sim, not a, a symbol, but like a, a, just something that should be remembered and, and hopefully never have to, to deal with ever again and should be completely stamped out. Um, and so you kind of remember that thing and it becomes an object of, of the movement. But in this movie, I didn't notice this until I read this article. Dr. Shirley never touches the book, which I, which was like, I was like, holy crap. I don't know why that's profound, but it is profound. Like, um, Tony is the one that handles the book, the entire movie. He, he has it in his possession the entire time. And, uh, I just thought that was like a small, another small way of like really not getting the point. Yeah. And so anyway, that, that was my, that was my last comment on the general comment section of the show. <laughs> um, well, do you have any more general comments that pertain to any of the lines that you might've liked? Hmm. Good transition. 
Uh, Dr. Shirley had a great line um, when trying to teach Tony about being a better person and and how to make progress in the world since he's just like this big lug of a guy that's there to drive him around and protect him um, with with just violence mm-hmm. um, because he's not capable of anything else. And so Dr. Shirley says, you never win with violence, Tony. You only win when you maintain your dignity. And I thought that was a great line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a good one. And And conversely... This movie comes with a worst line, which we have not done, (laughs) (laughs) which we have not done. But I was rolling, I was scrolling across the script and the lines in the movie. And I'm like, holy shit, this is, I got to include this as the worst line. This is Uh, the line that was in the script that won best original screenplay. Yes. Tony says, Christ, I'm blacker than you are. Oof. So we're going to, we're going to go ahead and include that. As the worst line in the movie. So. Uh, uh, All right. What was the best scene? Screenplay written by Nick. Tony's son wrote that line for his dad to say. Add that to that context of that statement, by the way. Uh, Oh, see, you add, you keep thinking about it. You think about it too much and it pisses you off. This is what happens. <laughs> the what did you ask? The best scene? <laughs> uh, yeah, the next category on our uh, list that we've so, been doing for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um, there is a really great scene at the end where Doctor Shirley um, is playing. It's the very last gig for the entire uh, uh, tour, and it's at a country club in the south, and. Um, the maitre d or whatever his title is for the event is like, you know, we're so happy to have you Dr. Shirley. Like, you know, the whole club, the whole country club is here for you. And, uh, you know, everyone's really excited for you to be here. And, and, um, this is our big Christmas blowout and we're so, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, Oh, great. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm so hungry. Um, uh, and it would be great to grab a bite before I go on stage um, but I need to use the restroom first. So he goes to the bathroom. Meanwhile, the maitre d' is sitting there with Tony and the other members of Dr. Shirley's band who are all white. And he seats them in the club grand ballroom where everybody, all the club members are sitting and eating and waiting for the show um, to start, which also occurs in that very same room. And Dr. Shirley comes out from the restroom and he goes up to like the seating stand or like the, the hostess stand and is like, I just... Um, was trying to find my friends to have dinner. Tony stands up and waves and says, Hey, we're over here. And they're like, Whoa, 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 dude, where do you think you're going? And the maitre d' comes over and he's like the swarmy white guy. Who's like trying to be nice about how racist he's being mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah, yeah, you can't sit in here. The members, uh, we, I'm sorry. It's, it's, I'm sorry. It's, it's just the rules. And like, we can't go against the rules cause, uh, they're the rules. And, uh, and so it's always, it's just always how it's been. And, um, anyway, so he's like, if I, and so basically the scene comes to a head where Dr. Shirley is like, if I can't sit over there with my friend and my, my bandmates, um, then I'm not playing your show. Um, so, and so then all the servers 
um, you know, in this country club, um, are black. And so they're watching this like a hawk and, and like, what is, what is about to happen? The, um, members of the club are clutching their pearls and freaking out. And anyway, it basically comes down to Dr. Shirley being like, all right, then we're leaving. Um, and the maitre d' yelling at him as he's leaving, like, this is why you people can't be relied on for blah, 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 blah. And Ugh. yeah. And then Dr. Sure. And then, um, Tony and the other bandmates like leaving with him, like, fuck this, we're out of here. And the, like the, the two waiters that the, that the, that the camera focuses on are like, kind of like giving each other like a little jab of like, fuck yeah. Um, like a, like a, I don't remember what they did, but it was something uh-huh. to acknowledge each other. Like, yeah, fuck this guy. Like, fu- or like, fuck these people. And, um, anyway, it was just a really good culminating scene. Like, cause he was dealing with a lot throughout the movie. Like there was a scene earlier where he was forced to go back to his hotel to use the restroom instead of using the restroom in the host family's like home, um, like that was having an event at their house. So like, this was like his big fuck you. And it was great. <laughs> I'm always down for big fuck yous. Oh Yeah. Who would you pick as the MVP of Green Book? Definitely. Got to be the white guy, right? <laughs> That's what Nick would have you think. Um, no, it's definitely Dr. Don Shirley, and I would say it's the real-life Dr. Don Shirley. And I make that differentiation. No offense to, to uh, Mahersha Ali. However, it's not his fault that uh, the producers and and Nick um, presented him with content that like led him to the performance he gave, which was a great mm-hmm. performance. But yeah, after reading a couple articles about who Don uh, Doctor Shirley was in real life, they did not do him any justice. Where they sort of, not sort of, they I, I shouldn't wish what I shouldn't like be equivocal here the movie portrays dr shirley as being like out of touch with his blackness and his culture and who he is as a person and that like tony like in like teaches him and or encourages him to like engage with his blackness and and that is obviously horrible and problematic Mm -hmm. and and worse than that um and the family after this movie came out was like that is ridiculous. Like what was he educated and when, and wealthy and lived in a nice part of town and all of these things that you could try to stereotype him into a certain kind of person. But like, he still called his family every week and was not out of touch with his family. Like the movie makes it sound and like marched, um, I think in the Selma March and like was totally in touch with who he was. And so, anyway, I just find that, <laughs> I was going to say problematic again, but, like, <laughs> it all, it just lent, lent me to say, like, Dr. Shirley's definitely the MVP, like, MVP, like, B is, is Mahershala Ali's version of him, but definitely the, the man himself. So, yeah. yep. 
who you got for LVP? It sounds like there could be plenty of options. Um, well, there could be, but I'm focusing on one, and it's Nick Vallelagon. Oh, shit. <laughs> the screenwriter. Uh, your dad is not a saint. Your dad is not the best man in the world. And you writing a script like this is is tough. Is not great. It's not good stuff, Nick. I'm I. You got your. You got what you wanted. You got a movie made about the two of them, which the story is a good story to tell. You just didn't do it well, buddy. Yeah, and I think that that was largely the a lot of the problem leading up and to the award season yeah. is when it, when that started to get some momentum, they're like, really this fucking guy. <laughs> right. And I think that that was probably a, a pretty big issue as, as to why there was a lot uh, other that other aside from all the other issues. Right. Um, uh, which, which one of the shots did you pick as your favorite? So I thought I'd have a bigger problem with choosing a best shot, but well, I don't know. Maybe I do actually have a, a, a bigger, a bigger problem with choosing one, but I'm going to go with, um, the introduction of Dr. Shirley, uh, to every, to the audience and as well as to, uh, Tony. And it's when he goes for his interview, um, to meet, Dr. Shirley and to apply for the job. And that's the shot where Dr. Shirley is, um, sitting up on his platform, um, on, on, in this fancy chair in his fancy apartment with all these artifacts and and amazing things and his piano in the background and Tony sitting to the left, um, sitting in, in sitting in a nice chair, but sitting lower, uh, Uh in the shot fatter, (laughs) his hair's done at least. Um, but like, you know, a schlub and good. Hair. good what'd you say? I good, said good hair. Good hair though. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just a really, it's just a really cool shot. Um, with everything going on in the shot, it's just interesting to look at, but then the dynamics in it, um, are something that there's probably a lot of people, a lot of people with our complexion that, May, this probably makes them uncomfortable and it and that's good because they should open their minds okay who stole the most scenes well i had fun with this <laughs> <laughs> because it was uh it was tony's wife her name's dolores uh linda cardinelli cardellini 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 she is great i um i didn't realize she was in this and i just love her as an actress and yeah, um, even sure. though I can't say her name and um, she's got these, just these great moments in the movie. She's not in a lot of scenes. She's at the beginning and the end in the beginning. Um, there's a cup. There's like Tony and his friends at his house watching baseball game. And, um, and Dolores is there. Um, there's a couple black guys that are like doing some work, like doing some plumbing work, I think in her kitchen, Tony comes home. Um, his friends were there, but Tony comes home from work and he's like, why are you guys in my house? Um, and they're like, Oh, uh, Dolores was having some work done. So we thought we would, uh, you know, keep an eye, just keep an eye on your wife for you, you know, (laughs) there, you know, with them here. And, um, Dolores is really nice, offers the guys a drink of water, um, doing the work. And then 
um, puts the glasses in the the sink when they're done, and then Tony picks them up out of the sink and throws them in the trash. Oh yeah. Um, then at the end of the movie, Dolores welcomes Doctor Shirley into the home, and she whisper gives him a huge hug and whispers in his ear like, "I know you were writing those letters," which I was like, <laughs> "Ah, it's great, it's great." She knows that she knows yeah, what's up. She- She's great. Like uh, Linda, I really like Linda Cardellini. Like she was, she was huge, and then was on Freaks and Geeks, which was great. And then it seemed like she took a bit of a it, maybe. It, it, she either took a bit of a break, or it's one of those uh, lovely Hollywood things about when you reach a certain age, then you start to get fewer jobs. But. It seems like she's been making a comeback over the last couple yeah. of years, so that's been cool. I'm happy to see her and stuff because I really like her too. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so we're down to what you can do better. Did yep. you did you rewrite the script? <laughs> no, I did not. No. Okay. So I, I'm gonna do Tony in a letter that he wrote to his wife before Doctor Shirley started writing them for him. <laughs> And this was maybe the the only honest thing that that Nick wrote about his dad. Shots fired. Dear Dolores, how are you? I'm fine. I'm eating real good. Hamburgers mostly. So don't worry about me not eating good. I saw Dr. Shirley play the piano uh, tonight. He don't play like a colored guy. He plays like Liberace, but better. He's like a genius, I think. Like when, when I look at him in the rearview mirror, I can tell he's always thinking about stuff in his head. I guess that's what geniuses do. But, but it don't look fun to be that smart. I miss you very, very much. <laughs> oh, God, Tony. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a pretty honest, like, blue-collar, everyman, not necessarily flowing eloquence right like that sounds good yep i like it so now uh, if only they would have built the whole script out of the black box letter (laughs) a little more honesty nick your dad was not a great guy doesn't mean he was a freaking horrible human being but he's flawed like the rest of us um all right that we're done Black Panther. I'm excited yeah. for this. Black Panther. I yeah. loved this movie. This so movie was really good. It's really good. So if you could summarize this really good movie, I'm just, I feel like I'm 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 like uh, what is that? What is that called in like warfare where you're like preemptively disarmed or whatever it's called? Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, preemptive strike. No, not preemptive strike, but like you like you disarm. Before, surrender. Yeah, it's okay. like oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, so three sentences to summarize this, this wonderful movie. What would you, how would you do that? What would, what would those sentences be? The Wakandan King, when the Wakandan King passes away, T'Challa needs to take over the throne and become King of Wakanda. His long lost cousin works his way into this hidden kingdom and defeats T'Challa leaves him for dead and takes over Wakanda. T'Challa comes back, fights his cousin Killmonger, 
shit gets crazy. <laughs> and then everyone lives happily ever after, except for Killmonger, and he dies. <laughs> so, Black Panther. Black Panther. So, I have some thoughts through the lens of 2020 and two, yeah. year, two, two or three years hindsight from when the movie was actually made. I mean, it came out in 2018, but I'm sure it took a couple years to make. Um, do you have any comments? Anything that you found on, on second, third, fourth viewing? I don't know what viewing this was. Yeah, I, I Different? mean, it, one of the things that really stood out is how many good actors are in this movie. Yeah. Like, it, it, there's just, everyone is just, so like Chadwick Boseman is uh, T'Challa, the Black Panther, and you can argue he's like one of the like the lower end actors, and he's like awesome and is blowing up and is doing a, a bunch of stuff. Like yeah, obviously you have Michael B. Jordan, who I still don't know if he's a good actor. I I can't tell. Like <laughs> I I like I like him a lot, and he's one of those guys that I think. Um, floats on charisma because he, he definitely has that. And I can't tell if he's a, a good actor or not. Um, that doesn't mean that I don't, or I won't watch all his movies because <laughs> I think that I have, or at least I've been close. Um, but yeah, then you have Lupita Nyong'o, you have Danae uh, Guerrera from, who is also uh, Michonne in Walking Dead. Daniel Kaluuya, Letitia Wright, Winston Duke, Sterling K. Brown, Angela Bassett, Forrest Whitaker, like all of these, yeah. it's just like a who's who. Um, and that really jumped out maybe, maybe because I've been more familiar with some of the actors after seeing this movie. Sure. Um, and then another thing that I am interested in is, is kind of like what you said, they had, they announced a black Panther two. And it was going to, and it's going to be, um, and they're just going to wait for Ryan Coogler, who's the director who has just become one of the in-demand guys um, in Hollywood. And the way that, like you mentioned, the way these things, it takes them to develop, you would have to imagine that they're still kind of working on a script or they're still tweaking a script for Black Panther 2, and to be writing that right now is just so I hope they go there. I mean, I hope they go there. And I have to imagine that it's it's a lot of pressure because you already have this vehicle that you can dive into society and kind of put a magnifying glass on, like, all of our flaws and all of our... um, missteps just as a as a population as a, as a country and society and however you want to you want to divide it and knowing that those expectations are going to be on there it's it's got to be a lot and they know that they have to get it right and they know that the, they still might make a they'll still make a ton of money regardless but it also says but they also feel like they have to uphold a certain level of quality like it's just got to be a lot of pressure heading into the second one that normally you don't see in the sequel of a comic book movie yeah but i yeah i don't know i i i'm mostly concerned about marvel and the the corporate the corporate heads like i think i have like utter confidence that Ryan Coogler and the and the cast can do a great job with with what 
you know, what they choose to do. My fear is that, because I hope that they go there, and my fear is that Marvel executives or or Disney, um, like, tone it down or something. When when I would expect, and and probably and I, and venture to say that, um, Kugler and any other like writing partners would would go right into the heart of what's going on today, and that deserves to be reflected in the sequel in, in my, yeah. in, in my view. And, and, yeah. and I don't see why that like they make so much money, like the, the Disney folks and the Marvel folks, like you, you can't tell me that like, number one, it wouldn't still make money. And number two, that you, I would think believe in that message. So, so why not do it when you have yeah, see, the view? I'm- like a great I'm not be- sure that I would be as worried about that just because of who's involved. Um, like like you said about Marvel, they have such a it's such a well-oiled machine at this point. Like you can't really knock it off course, and then you especially have people looking forward to an, another Black Panther. And they've already made concessions to make sure that Coogler was involved, and everyone is and everyone wants him to be involved. So I think that if if anyone could get it done and try and ha- pack the punch that you know you hope would be packed for something like this, right. I think that they they would be amenable to be like, look, we're gonna we're gonna be around just because that's like the job of a producer, but also like we trust you to kind of do your thing. Yeah. Okay. You have convinced we'll see. me. We'll see though. We don't know. Who knows? Who knows? All right. What about? What about the best line? Was it uh, there, was it convincing? As a, <laughs> um, there was. Uh, I really liked the Killmonger's line when he's fighting uh, T'Challa on the on the waterfall. Like it's the uh, the challenge the challenge zone or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, for the for the kings and he and he's just kicking the shit out of T'Challa. And yells to everyone, like, is this your king? <laughs> and it's one of those moments where you're just like, oh, shit, this guy is a different kind of guy. Um, but I think my favorite was at the end, they're, they're fighting um, Okoya. Uh, Michonne's character uh, is, uh, is fighting with her. I don't know if it's her husband or just like her partner or whatever. Uh, Wakabi, who's Daniel Kaluuya, and said, "Would you kill me, my love?" And is try is almost like a little smarmy about it. Like, <laughs> like, would you really do this? Like, come on, come on. And and Akoya says, "For Wakanda, no question." And then they like, <laughs> and then it goes in. And so that's like that. That's I think my favorite. Um, is just so great. So, okay. We're going to get there. There'll be an opportunity for me to get to my, to my point. So we'll keep going. <laughs> the, yeah. What about the best scene? The best scene for me is, and I'm going to cheat a little bit and just lump a few together. And it's when, uh, are they themed at least, I'm sorry. Are they themed at least? You In, said you're, you're throwing a couple yeah, scenes yeah, no, together. They're, they're like in, they're all in sequence. So okay. it's like, oh, okay. a couple, so it's uh, Killmonger gets to Wakanda and he has brought Ulysses Claw, um, played by Andy Serkis, who's just 
fucking jacked in this movie. Um, <laughs> he was the one who did like the famous mocap actor who was Gollum yep. from Lord of the Rings, but he was just so jacked in this movie. <laughs> um, so he comes in and Killmonger brings him almost as like a bounty. And then, so they're trying to, he's trying to like kind of stir things up a little bit and he's kind of talking shit and saying that he wants the throne and they're like, why? No, <laughs> obviously not. Like, do you, and he's like, do you know who I am? And he's like, ask, ask me who I am. And he's, and this is, <laughs> this is a great Michael B because mostly it's charisma. And he's like, no, ask, ask me who I am. He's like, that's not my name, princess. Ask me. And then, um, she tells him the American name. She's like, we know who you are. You're blah, blah. You're, you're Eric Killmonger. You're special ops. And he's like, that's not my name. Ask me. And he doesn't, he doesn't do it. And so Michael B, then he explodes. And I don't know, like the big over the top angry is where I don't necessarily know if, if he's, uh, you know, that guy. And he talks about how he's, uh, Injaka, son of Prince Njobu. And, when he actually is firing up and saying that that his dad was killed by by the king, um, and then that leads into the fight, and then you have uh, T'Challa versus Killmonger Part One. Uh, so those those that uh, two those two scenes in succession, I think, are is my favorite stretch uh, of the movie, and it, it's kind of all the same scene, but also kind of not. So it's cheating. Yeah, no, I'll allow it. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. Um. So, I feel like there's maybe one option for MVP given the titular role of a of the movie, but but it's your choice, dude. So, MVP and scene stealer are just impossible. <laughs> Like you could just go in a bunch of different ways. You could just go with the titular character. You could go with Killmonger and Michael B because there are very rarely comic book villains that have that are so um, dynamic and complex of characters where it's not just like oh I want to take over the world. It's he wants to get back into. Wakanda and use their resources to help other black people around the world be able to um, break free of their oppressors. Like he's, he's got a lot going on and he's very, and he has a lot of depth, which you don't normally see as a villain. You could also say like Lupita, uh, like Lupita Nyong'o's character, the, the princess or, um, or Zer, um, Shuri, Letitia Wright, who's just like, my favy, the, the smartest person. I love Letitia Wright. Really funny, and she's great. Uh, so I, I, I guess actually maybe I'll just go with Ryan Coogler for <laughs> the, nice. the direct the direction of the movie, the casting, and I don't. I think it's really rare to be able to have this kind of power within. A corporation like Marvel or <laughs> zooming out 
like Hollywood. Yeah. And for him to be like, he just turned 34 and like they're, they're putting, they're pressing pause on black Panther two because he was wanting to do some other stuff in the meantime. And they're like, sure, we'll wait for you. That's and amazing. when you can, when you can get that much pull in as that young of a, a person and do it also when you're coming into an industry that is already set up for you to not have like the most um advantages um yeah let's go let's go with ryan coogler nice all right what about the lvp i mean i don't know i was just boring i put uh ulysses claw andy circus just because he's the he's the the evil one that's just being evil for evil's sake and to make money and whatever i mean he's he's bland as yes. a villain yeah he's literally like the worst he's the he yeah no and I they set him up and they set him up in um avengers age of ultron which was cool like they they were like um they were talking about ulysses claw in that movie so it's another cool thread of all these uh mcu movies yeah and uh the best shot um, I sent you one. It's from the first uh, battle for uh, being king between uh, T'Challa and M'Baku. And he uh, volunteers. He wants to try and be king. And they're fighting on the top of uh, this, like, kind of pond area with all these waterfalls. And M'Baku's men are all holding spears to make sure that T'Challa can't escape. Um, so it's it's a really cool shot from above, like, maybe a drone shot or I don't know. I don't know. Um, And who knows how much green screen is there? Probably a lot of green screen. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I'm sure there's a ton. Yep. So, uh, all right. Moving right along. Scene stealer extraordinaire. I almost picked M'Baku because of, he starts as just this kind of, this, um, hard ass like tough guy and then as the movie and the and the series of marvel movies progress he just softens and it has this sense of humor and turns into an ally uh but we just went going over some of the other categories i can't i have to go zuri uh because <laughs> she's just so good she's she's funny. the perfect choice and yeah letitia wright uh shuri is uh the winner of scene stealer extraordinaire huge fan huge crush on letitia that is truth. Um, all right. So are you going to try to do anything better in this film? Yeah. Do, um, I sent you a, a little text box of the Did you know? dialogue. Did it come through? <laughs> I'm sure it did. I was just looking at the photo. Um, yes, you did. Okay. So you're going to be Everett K. Ross played by Martin Freeman and I'm going to be Ulysses Claw. And it's just, um, it's mostly just sort of a funny line that you get to say and uh, him setting up what Wakanda is. I don't know if I can do it better. I just like the exchange. Um, well, I thought that I did, but then now, Oh, there it is. Yeah, there it is. (laughs) There it is. Um, so yeah, you're just going to be Martin Freeman's character, Everett K. Ross. And it is, uh, just, it's a fun exchange. It sort of sets up, um, Wakanda, but it's not too, uh, 
not necessarily and i can do it better just to kind of cool exchange nice okay what do you actually know about wakanda um shepherds textiles cool outfits it's all the front explorers searched for it for centuries el dorado the golden city they thought that they could find it in south america but it was in africa the whole time a technological marvel all because it was built on a mound of the most valuable metal known to man ipso they call it the gift nice scene vibranium scene <laughs> yeah so here's what i wanted to ask you yeah. about if you would let me ask you about it yeah hit it um do you think that i I like when people i'm setting you up to answer the question the way i want you to answer it so sorry so you can totally disagree with me are you if you you want a lawyer you're lawyering me right i know it's a leading question leading question counselor leading question do you think what do you think about what do you think about the fact that some people might look at Black Panther through the lens of 2020 and say, yeah, um, I kind of, I kind of think Killmonger is not really the bad guy. He's kind of the good guy. I would say that's why I like him so much as a character <laughs> because of the depth of character, but also he killed thousands of people before that. So he's oh, probably he? still not, a, not a great guy. I didn't know the history. <laughs> yeah like he well all of his the notches on his skin are all kills oh. so like all the all the bumps on his skin so thousands might be pushing it but he he's killed hundreds of people um they like deserved it even, though right may, maybe <laughs> i mean we don't we don't know if they all deserved it but i think that he makes some good points and i think that's why he's such a good villain is because he believes like solely in what he's doing and he does make good points yeah it's just that he also murders a bunch of people and that's probably not a great move well i guess my point is he he kills his girlfriend like just randomly at the beginning of the movie well like it there's like a trend these days on the social medias um that you are no longer a part of that at least on facebook where people will post like who it's kind of a funny meme of like uh-huh. who the movie expect who the movie wants you to see as the good the good guy and who is actually the good guy or yeah. who who the movie wants you to think of as the bad guy and who's the actually the bad guy and i love those because it's like yeah society has changed so much that like a lot of 80s and 90s movies totally different people totally <laughs> different people yeah why when when the movie happened so anyway billy zabka maybe not maybe the hero of the movie i mean billy zabka why am i not this kid just comes to town and tries to steal your girlfriend and tries to like tries to like slide tackle you on the soccer field (laughs) and then he wins one and you are just trying to practice karate and (laughs) this kid just because he's smaller than you everybody's rooting for him to win and to steal your girlfriend like i i don't know totally does Billy Zabka. Misunderstood? Question mark. <laughs> yeah, totally. 
Also, I need to go back and watch Karate Kid because apparently I was not on the Karate Kid train back in the day because I didn't. I totally went over my head. Yeah, Billy Zabka, just a classic 80s movie villain. Yep. All right. Moving on, moving on. There's a lot of it, it's very much more a trend in like teen shows or teen movies from like the 90s and early 2000s. It's very very questionable who the who the villain was and who the like the, the the like good guy was. Anyway. All right. That's it. Okay. it we're just done, right? There's yeah, no need done. to there's no need to like actually make any closing argument right no are you are you bobby fishering like you're just uh pushing over your king bobby fisher did that when he knew he was gonna win (laughs) no that's how you that's how you surrender in chess what you push over your king oh so wait you confused your references there because that's what i because at the end of bobby fisher the kid who's actually not bobby fisher um gets up and he's like I'm offering you a draw. And no, like, I, yeah, I know that. I guess I was saying Bobby Fishering as just a chess move, not yeah. necessarily the, the climax of one of the great movies of, all time. of all time. Yes. Um, no, I'll, I'll give it my best shot. It's fine. I got to go okay. first anyway. I mean, so let's see it, how this goes. It would have been, it, it would have been nice to, to just, okay, go ahead. Green Book is a film that is produced it produced well. Um, it it definitely um, from a production standpoint, they did a good job and the actors are wonderful. Uh, however, the writing is could be better, <laughs> and uh, the message uh, could be uh, uh, better portrayed um, with more reality on what life was at the time. Pretty good. <laughs> I was like halfway through that and I'm like, Oh no, I regret, I regret this decision. You're like, Oh no, I, 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 I want to stop or I want to keep going. <laughs> Can I stop? I, I don't know. 30 seconds is not right. <laughs> uh, all right. Whenever you're ready. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, <laughs> I want you to rewind this here podcast i'll wait bloop, bloop, bloop. Bloop, 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 bloop. now how many times did cliff use the word problematic <laughs> now compare that to how kick-ass black <laughs> panther was and i rest my case with seconds to spare all right that's it <laughs> Good. We made it through. Let's that, get out of here. I'm just happy I made it through. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was the battle of 2018: Black Panther versus Green Book. Um, we will come at you next week with a selection episode. Otherwise, that's all we got this week. You should stay safe, wear a mask, have a good life. Found it forever.